Great mediocre song. I know this is one of your favorites, Keen. One of my favorites. It's by Justice. They're a French band. They're pretty good. Who doesn't Who doesn't like that? Everyone loves them. So welcome to another Pals Podcast. It's great to be here. It's great to uh, have everyone uh, all of, everyone tuning in and listening throughout, throughout time and eternity. Welcome to Pals Podcast. Yes, another great episode. I think last week's was very well received from the, uh, the fan base. Yeah, it was a good, solid episode. We weren't. Uh, Did you hear from uh, what's our new listener, New York Pete? New York Pete. Uh, I didn't hear any specific feedback from it, but it sounds like he's uh, he's on board with what we're uh, what we're dishing out. So we're always happy to to have people listen to. And that's all we that's all we can ask. We're doing it for the pals. We're pals. We do it for our pals. We do it for all pals. And we're back Very true. on Saturday, the twenty second of February. So I assume next week we're going to have to take off, yeah? Next weekend, I don't think I'll be able to call in because I will be in Trinidad and Tobago. for. Yes, your big carnival. I will be saying farewell to the flesh, but there are uh, some kinds of flesh I'll be seeing a lot of. If you know. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Drinking it in, just soaking in all the babes, going on. Going on a poon hunt, if that's uh, what they call it down in Trinidad. I'm not real sure. This is when the uh, when the 199 holds the line really uh, really pays its dividends. Yeah, not only not only am I holding 199, but I've been holding the line at 195 for the last. Oh yeah, that's right. Shedding off, letting the pounds melt away. <laughs> I can do that. Um, you ever see those? They they pop up a lot on the internet. They're like the before and after, and there's like the schlubby looking guy, and then yeah. the next one is it was all ripped up and stuff. I could basically, I can almost do that now just by doing the, uh, like, flex and suck in my gut. <laughs> but if I stick my gut out, I look like the big, fat, schlubby guy. But then if I yeah. and then try to flex real hard, then it, and then it almost looks like I'm in shape. So I'm pumped. Yeah. Pumped and ready. Well, I think having a child, uh, I've certainly been drinking a lot more beer. Oh, that, well, that's what they recommend. I think that's in all the books. Like, as soon as you have your kid, make sure you increase your beer intake as much as is physically possible. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got all this time. I mean, I took a month off of work. That's awesome. So when you take a month off of work, does, like, stuff pile up? Do people just, like, carry on as if you were never there to begin with? Uh, I had backups. Uh, I took a laptop home. So, you know, I've been keeping up to keeping up on my, st- on my work. Had a few chargeable hours. Oh, you're still billing some time. That's good. Yes, yeah. But basically, you've just uh, let your entire office or everyone that you work with know that, you know, if you were to just permanently never come back, they'd, they'd be okay. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's good to have that kind of job security, Dave. Yeah, well, it's not really that. It's more that the work can just pile up. Because then, then you just say, uh, you tell the, the customers or the contractors, um, hey, it's just going to take longer. Sorry. You know, it's how the process works. Yeah, and what are they going to do? Go go to one of your competitors, Canada? Yeah, exactly. They're better at us than everything. I heard. If if my tweeter yesterday uh, told me anything, it's that Canada is much better than us. Well, Canada uh, beat the shit out of both of our hockey teams. Just embarrassed the men and the women. The women choked, and the men just never were good enough to begin with. And then they choked against uh, the Finlandia. Yeah, I mean, luckily, uh, hockey doesn't matter. But uh, you know, other than that fact, it was a, a little disappointing. I mean, I didn't watch. Uh, no. You know, some dudes. I made office... my best effort to avoid all uh, all Winter Olympics. Yeah, the try the the gambling pool kind of petered out. I, I've been updating it, but for the most part, it hasn't made me care anymore. I've I've tried. Yeah, couldn't I really couldn't care less. Like some dudes. I, yeah, some dudes tried to go in the conference room and like put on the the U.S. Canada game as if like it mattered, but that yeah. there was maybe like two people in there. But I just remember listening to the sound of broadcasters or the 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 um you know the uh, the play by play as I'm walking to the break room to get coffee. Yeah, I was thinking about like sticking my head in, but then I was just like, fuck, fuck the hockey, fuck, fuck Olympics. I don't care. I've got TPS reports to do. Yeah, important work. 
that needs to be done. All kinds of business. I basically have to tell the accountants that what they think they should do is okay for them to do. You ever come across like something that you know was put in place as a uh, just a just some sort of system was put in place to correct something that happened once many years ago, and then we just continued to do it since then, even though right because people are un- unwilling to learn how it should be done because they're they've already gotten used to doing it the wrong way yeah and if it's and if the system's in place like changing it it's like well why are you changing that we put that in place to make sure that the that the property managers have okayed everything that the accountants have done so that they're aware of it but all it does is make me just initial like 50 things and then send it back without looking at anything which is what yes yes i'm well aware of this uh this phenomenon do you all Uh (laughs) uh-oh a little cranky pants on our hands she's fine She's just gonna. She's been a real. She's been a real trooper. She just wants to be part of the program, and I think we kind of teased that a little bit. Uh, this is this is charting new. This is navigating new waters for you. This is uh, charting new territory. Uh, yes, yeah. This is her first appearance, I believe, on the show. Uh, I think she made a small cameo last week, but yeah. other than that, and this is uh, and this is new new stuff for for debt for Papa Keen, right? I mean, this is your first child that we know. Of. Yes. Yep. And this well, I mean, I would have had to have a would have had to have a sexual intercourse before to have had a child before. Uh, you know, if you would have told me that you've spent a lot of time donating sperm sperm banks over the years, <laughs> I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be shocked. I would find that to be uh, very believable. Well, the donating part would probably be difficult to believe. <laughs> that any you could sell it. Yeah, I'm more. I'm more of a uh, you know figure out what it's worth and then. Uh, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. You're not going to let that stuff get away for free. Exactly. I'm a businessman. Not when there's a buck to be made on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, But this is uh, the first child that you know of that you've had to actually uh, raise. So you're rearing, Correct. you're rearing a child now. I am rearing. And her name is Sophie. It is. Sophie B. Hawkins? Yes, Faye. Sophie B. Hawkins. Oh, good, because I love that song. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's been uh, it hasn't been that bad. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not the one who has to feed her uh, at night, but have you done? Have you, you have like bottles of it, right? Have you gotten the? Uh, I do the bottle once a day. Yeah, uh, that's good. And how how else has it changed your life? Um, I don't know. The real test will be Monday because I go back to work on Monday. Do you, so one month, uh, you think was that enough bonding time with your? Tiny little child? I think ample. Are you going to get sick of it and just be like, I'm going to stick to dogs? <laughs> I don't know. Our dogs have been real annoying lately. What haven't they? <laughs> I think since, um, since day one they've been yappy little turds. It's a fair point, Spay. <laughs> Even though they love you. Well, I like Lucy. She's a fun little torpedo to lay there as long as she remembers that I'm the boss. But, uh, you know. I didn't like chasing after her when she ran away when I was supposed to let her out really briefly. Yeah, that was probably no fun. Hey, are you going to just... If there's, one, if there's one thing she specializes in, it's obedience. <laughs> you should play this in the crib all the time. <laughs> well, I don't know if uh, if Nathan and, and your family has had them, but uh, on Spotify, there's a, there's a huge number of things called Rockabye Baby. Ah. Where they just turn... Uh, you know, rock into lullabies. So, uh, for instance, there's a Rush album oh. where all of the greatest hits of Rush are in lullaby form. So I have been exposing her heavily to uh, Rush at an early age. <laughs> Mr. Speed sent me one of those. Uh, yeah, it was awesome, right? It was just fun. It cracked me up because you're sitting there and then the Rush song comes on, but it's played on like little harpsichord, harpsichord notes and, and very uh, soothing. And then when, it's, when it ended, you just go... Yeah, Rush. Like, who cares about this baby? I'm listening to Rush. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get your priorities straight. Like, baby, exactly. I'm going to listen to Rush until you sleep and then go draw dongs on MS Paint so I can put them on my blog. That, had, that has had a real resurgence this week. Yeah, I saw. I'm glad that you're not uh, – I saw you veering off to the non-dong MS Paint. That didn't work out. Nobody wants to see uh, just, you know, a clever MS, MS Paint pun – like a PG rated pun, nobody wa- nobody comes to the internet for that. Yeah, I learned that quickly. Spay, I had a, I, I still am sitting on I think six hits for that. Yeah, I think two of those are me. I mean, that's like Pal's podcast 
house podcast territory. I haven't forbid if Padres Jagoff ever sinks to that that level. Ugh, tell me about it's it. It's time to scrap it and start over. Yeah, I've thought that many times. <laughs> you got to keep going. I mean, you're almost uh, you're almost at a quarter or a third of how long I had Gomez die Braves going. Yeah, except just I, I think I'm getting many more hits than you. I got some decent hits from Gomez. I really endeared myself to the Padres blogosphere, though. Well, you're doing a better job sucking up to the other bloggers out there. I will give you that. Yeah. I mean, it's to the point now where if I'm walking through Petco, I'm bound to run into one of my uh, fellow bloggers. <laughs> Do you ever give him a smooth belch as like a way to say what's up? No, I usually go smooth HJ. <laughs> I mean, that's just a friendly way to greet a fellow uh, blogger. Yeah, obvi. Yeah, when I see J-Box, he goes, yeah, straight for the H-Shack. Yeah, big blogger, bro. That's a big we have a special blogging handshake and stuff. You know, I mean, you know how it is being a GMDB blogger. Yeah, there was a while when uh, I could say that a couple people... Well, I, you saw how in the Twitter feed that, a, that, that the name Ken Dynamo has been, uh, has been brought up in the past. It has, yeah. It's, it's, I've created a legacy where current Mets bloggers <laughs> still remember... The contributions of Ken Dynamo to the blog blogo sphere. Do you not participate at all anymore? Like you don't post um, like comments on uh, whatever the blogs are for the Mets. Yeah, the best one is Amazing Avenue. It's definitely one of the better SB Nation blogs. Just just speaking like in general. Like yeah, the other one that I go on the SB Nation blog is the Giants blog, and that one is run by like a fifty-five year old turd who likes to shit on Plexico Burris because he let the team down, like an old fart douchebag. Yeah. Well, I think most of the SB Nations are run by old dudes, from what I can tell. I mean, I think Gaslamp Ball is one of the few ones where it's run by someone like our age. I think the baseball ones, I think they were one of the first ones, because baseball is just much friendlier to blogging in general, just because there's nerdy, yeah. nerdier stuff to discuss. And so the people that were on top of the blogs were also like the first, you know, it's cutting edge technology, it's cutting edge, it's, it's web 2.0, so you're going to have a younger crowd. With the with the baseball blogs, anyway. Yeah, Amazing Avenue is pretty good, and, and I comment every now and then. But problem is, I've just drifted away from the Mets so much. I keep up, but I don't. I, I don't know. Like, I know you are a real Fairweather fan. Well, I don't know the prospects. I it's still a fan. It's not like I've uh, switched teams, so I don't think you should. I don't think I've reached Fairweather territory. I've just reached uh, interest. Well, I'm sure if they were in the pennant race, you would start following them more this yeah, year. Yeah, I would be. Uh, I don't know, printing out fatheads of David Wright to put on the wall. <laughs> Who's your say, new player? You have like Curtis Granderson now. Yeah, Kurt C. Grand, as we call. And uh, Chris Young, the black one. Uh, oh yeah, C. Y. We had him last year. Yeah. And um, no, it's no, you Eric. Didn't. I it's thought the A's had him last year. E. Y. It's Eric Young. No, you signed Chris Young, the outfielder. Oh well, that's two Youngs then. What about <laughs> you totally read? Totally redid your outfield, Spay. What about Phil Young? I love Phil Young. <laughs> Uh, we, have, we had a good time. We met up with Ogle this week uh, at our local craft beer bar. Oh, Phil, and, uh, Phil he, Young he was brought his town? new. No, no, we met up with Ogle. Oh, you guys. Oh, right. Your old now ex-tenant. Uh, yes. Uh, he. Uh, we met up with him and his, his lady friend. And uh, Ogle introduced her to the world of uh, Will Young social media projects, <laughs> which I think she, she very much enjoyed. Serious conversations. Uh, yeah, serious conversations, obviously. Hot fudge. Right. Uh, Will Young next to tall things. So we should explain serious conversations is seriousconversations.blogspot.com. It's probably still up. It is up. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I never took it down. And we used to make fun of Phil Yum because he would be a big wet blanket at parties because uh, when people weren't paying attention to him, he would basically be a big woman and try to start a serious, dramatic conversation with people so that they could discuss important thing going on in his life. Right. So they could both engage in the first discussion with Will Young, and then Will Young could then engage in discussions about the discussion. Yeah. And then he could ask everyone why someone was talking about this or someone was doing this. And you go, Phil Young, you are being a woman. I don't want to be in this serious conversation anymore. I just want to get blitzed on these cheap beers and at the time probably chug a few cigarettes. And I don't want to deal with this. So shut up and get out of my face, Phil Young. Yep, uh, I, I remember those days. Uh, he was also deep in the friend zone at the time, so there were a lot of friend zone ish oh. serious convos. What was that girl's name? Lang. Lang. <laughs> That's such a WNL name for a girl. 
Hi, I'm Lang. Uh, that's not a girl's name. I know, but that's my name. <laughs> it's actually my mom's maiden name. I don't go by Meredith anymore. That's too normal. I was Jennifer all through high school, but now I'm now my name is Gray. <laughs> Ugh. Barf. W and L. Yeah. Um. Great. So Phil. Oh, so uh, so newsman. Oh, oh yeah. So she, she. We did find a new a new fan for the uh, material. Uh, she she loved it. Did, are you being sarcastic, or did she actually enjoy all the? Uh, no, no. She she actually really enjoyed it. She's like, wow, you're really good at making fun of your friend on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I'm hoping to convince her to come to a, so I'm going to Donowski's wedding in, uh, in June, Ooh. but, uh, Will Young will be there. It could be the last time I ever see Will Young in person. Yeah, that's true. Cause... So, uh, I told her it'll be a real fun time because, it, you know, I've got to make the most of the opportunity. Cause he's got a ball and chain that's firmly, uh, planted in Nashville, Tennessee, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Memphis, Memphis. Oh, right, right. Big difference. They downgraded from Knoxville to Memphis. Because nothing says prosperity like the Mississippi Delta. Exactly. <laughs> when I, when I think of where I want to move, when I really make it in the world, uh, you know, the first place I think of is, is Memphis. Yeah. After watching, it's a great place to raise your kids, especially after you watch the documentary, uh, West of Memphis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Really good rule of law down there. Really good, just the court systems, the community at large. Just get a lot of support from everyone. You know, great school systems and stuff. So good school, good public schools. I assume. Uh, yeah. I assume they'll be going to the local public school. Great literacy. You know, it's a, just a great place to raise a family. You know, and if you, and, you know, now that I'm a family man, I've got to think about stuff like that. And if you don't want to own things like shoes or a toothbrush, that's fine. There's plenty of people that don't do that either. Hey, that's called cost savings, Bay. <laughs> just being frugal. That's family budgeting. That's true. Well, I mean, that's just a place to go. I'm glad. Uh, I mean, the the market for DUI lawyers in Memphis is probably off the charts, as large as it's going to get. I just hope he has a good collection agency of some kind. <laughs> a repo man. Good billing office. Yeah. To get in the repo business. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget. You know, you know the website somethingawful.com. Yeah. 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 So there, this is many years ago when I used to read that site a lot. Uh, they had just like tales from repo. Like people were just talking about their shitty jobs. And then these two guys just started trading stories about being repo men. Yeah. And they, uh, they, you know, they collected it and kind of edited it and like put it up as a feature. And it was awesome. And then one guy's like, yeah, the worst was when I had to go into some like apartment and it was like a single mom and like her four kids and he had to disassemble their bunk beds. And re- to take it? Yeah, because they rented furniture and then they stopped oh. paying. So he's disassembling these kids' bunk beds while they're sitting there looking at him. And they go, <laughs> are you taking our beds? And he just looked at him and said, they're our beds now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was like, yep, that's the lowest. That's, that's what being a repo man is all about. Man, what an awesome life. Yeah. Well, seriously. I though. remember those something awful days. If you look, that was like before Reddit and stuff, right? Oh yeah, it was one of the first. Uh, I guess the, the story I heard, or what the guy who started it said, it was just a message board with him and his friends, and they had this uh, this troll who would just go on and do that. Um, who is it? Uh, was it what they might be giants? The Triangle Man song. Yeah, yeah. So he just go on there and just like post like Triangle Man and Frying Pan Man and and all that other stuff, and just like every po- every mess- thread, he would just totally shit up with his trolling of of Triangle Man. So they kept deleting his accounts, and he would start new ones and shit up their threads. So finally, they're like, fine, it cost $5 to be on this thread. So that everyone just paid the $5, and this kid didn't feel like trolling for $5. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, he has like hundreds of thousands and then millions of dollars just from fees for being an exclusive message board. <laughs> but that was a good, uh, I think it's still going. They have good Photoshop stuff. Yeah, I think it's going. Yeah. Now it just gets linked to on Reddit instead of people going straight to something awful. Right. I still haven't gotten on the Reddit train. I think at some point, but I'm pretty good. I have more recently. Well, because you've had a. Month. I mean, I like. I, well, I like message boards. I miss message boards. Right. I've been spending way too much time on um, the mat.com, USA Wrestling's message board. Yes, of course. It's terrible. Well, you're a benefactor. Of course, you'd be spending spending money, well, spending money and time. You might imagine that the Washington and Lee portion of that message board doesn't get much traffic, and you'd be correct in figuring that. <laughs> Are you the only person? No, I mean you don't. There's not even like one dad. No, there's nothing. There's oh, yeah. 
It's not nearly as much fun as back in the day uh, on D3Football or D3Lax.com. Yeah. Those are the yeah. best trolling, because then you would get the dads, whose nicknames would be Skull Train. <laughs> <laughs> and they would, uh, they would know all the stats of everyone in the ODAC or the WAC conference, or... Uh, no, no, not WAC. That was the name of the school. Washington College went by WAC. Yeah. Was Vita a big fan of these? What's that? Was Vita a big fan of these? At one point, Vita told us to stop, me and Weigel, to stop posting on D3Football.com, because... <laughs> We kept posting about Vita and Frank Mariello, and it, somehow Frank, the coach, Frank Mariello, found out about that. <laughs> it was like, oh, you guys, I hear people getting on the internet and making a bunch of noise. Yeah, stop. Quit that shit. Quit it. I don't have time for that. We're here to play football. <laughs> I never met Coach Mariello. Was uh, he a jerk? No, he wasn't a jerk. He was just, you know, he was very old school. Um, was he good at his job? Uh, I mean, all he did was call, like, left counter, right counter. No, he wasn't. Uh, that was about it. He, Slant, maybe. His best, I think his best role would have been as an assistant coach at like a much more blue collar school, maybe a step above D3, but I don't think he would have been a big D1 guy. Yeah. Um, he was an okay head coach, but he had a lot of weaknesses. Like his recruiting sucked. Like I didn't go to WNL because of him. I went to WNL because I went to a frat party on a recruiting weekend and got shit faced as a high school senior. Right. And I was like sold. I got drunk, went to a party at Zolman's, and danced to uh, uh, genuine at a party. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but uh, and then he had he, he got he couldn't be on the sidelines. His the two last two years we were at WNL, he started mo- coaching from the press box because he would get too spazzed out. Like he would just get he would just pace up and down, and, and it was it was too stressful for him. But we weren't very good. We were five and five all four years we were at WNL. Yeah. So as mediocre as you could possibly get. Also incredibly boring. Very boring. Like if we were five and five, but we had, you know, like a high flying passing offense or something, it'd yeah. be different. But uh, we had the exact opposite of that. We never had a good quarterback. We, our freshman year, we had Christian Bachelor, who had a D1 scholarship at UVA, but they wouldn't let him play baseball and football at UVA. Yeah. So he came to WNL. He got he played baseball and football his freshman year. Got drafted by the Pirates after his freshman year and played right. minor league baseball. And he was really good. And we had a couple other good players, but there wasn't a lot of depth. And then yeah, then they just petered out, or then they just plateaued at five and five. Well, then we started having to play like uh, uh, what's his name, Sean McGarvey. Yeah. I've, is he the guy that lost to Swarthmore the last game before Swarthmore I'd- discontinued their program? I believe so, yeah. That's a good footnote in history is Swarthmore got rid of their football program, which is pathetic. They're a big enough school. They're in a good football conference. They just didn't feel like having a team anymore. They're like a co-ed. Yeah. They're like Williams or Amherst. They're plenty big, uh, but they just sucked like year after year, so they just disbanded their program. And the last game of their last season, they played Washington and Lee, and they won. <laughs> I remember that. What kind of pride... As the fucking Washington Elite Generals have when you lose to Swarthmore right before they hand in their jerseys and their equipment for the last time ever. I just looked up Christian Batcher. Do you know he played in the Arena League also? Doesn't surprise me. He also And he played in Europe. Yeah. I was trying to find how far he made it with the Pirates. Like if he made it above A. No, rookie league, not even A. For three, he stayed in the system for three years. Maybe he got drafted sophomore year or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he only made it. He never made it out of rookie league. Uh, hold on, I think I found him on Baseball Prospectus. Like if he's, if when he was still in college, I can understand only wanting to do rookie league because he only has like three months to play before he has to go back to school. Yeah. Well, Mike Hansen made it further in the majors, I think, than this guy did. Who's Mike Hansen? He was in our year. What? Michael, Mike Han- Michael Hansen. He didn't get drafted, but he was in the Braves organization. I love that song by him. Bop. Uh, what was he in? I think it was a Sigma Chi. I don't know Mike Hansen. Uh, man, what was his name? Yeah, Mike Hansen. Does, uh, does he have three brothers that are very musically talented? Yeah, of course. <laughs> he was from our year. He was shortstop. But he... He didn't get drafted, but he made. He was like a uh, rookie league all star and got promoted up to. I think he made it all the way to double A. I think he was a single A all star also. Awesome. But then he washed out. Yeah. 
Well, that's Christian Bachelor never made it past low A. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that that figures. He uh, he married Ashley Kenzinger, who yeah, so he did he did get that. Who, but yeah, but he also got her for the rest of his life because they're super Christian and they're they're gonna stay together. And she's dumb as a bag of hammers, and does not believe in evolution. Right. Did I tell you that story when we were sitting in a? Well, so she she really wasn't that hot. I mean, she was attra- outside outside WNL. She was she was attractive. Yeah, she was okay. She maybe she wasn't like people. People talked like she was a goddess. Well, at WNL she was, but she was still hot. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It, but she was an attractive young lady, but when we're sitting in a classroom and we're talking about a First Amendment case about whether uh, a professor, they had like a high school teacher who didn't want to teach creationism, even though it's high school said, because they were backwards ass like school district, that you have to teach it as like an alternative. And he said, no, that's stupid. And so we're all debating whether or not he has to and all these First Amendment rights. And then out of nowhere, Ashley Kensinger just goes, uh, well, you all know that uh, evolution is just a theory. It's about to get blown out of the water any any minute now. <laughs> and it's like record scratch. Everyone looks around like, did you just say evolution, the theory, is going to get blown out of the water? Like, we're going to stop with evolution? And then she said something else. And then the professor, like, awkwardly just goes like, anyway, back to the case. <laughs> And after that, it's like, this person is about as, she belongs in a cult. It's so stupid. Yeah. Last I heard from them, or last I saw, I think Vita probably sent something. He was like an assistant coach at like a Boise Mormon prep school or something. I just looked it up. He works some corporate job now, but he, uh, um, yeah, he worked in some like Idaho State Athletic Department or something. Yeah, that's it. Something small time. Yeah. Him and uh, JT Malatesta, he was another Bible thumper. And uh, you remember him? I do, yeah. Yeah. So the deal with him is he was on vacation in uh, Phuket when the the tsunami hit, the T-tsunami. Yeah. And him and his wife were uh, up on a mountain reading the Bible when they looked down and saw like a whole bunch of, like the whole resort just get wiped out. It's all because they prayed. It's because well, I mean, if they didn't want to go to some secluded uh, place up in the uh, up in the hills to read just just to read the Bible, hey, don't you think they've read it enough by then? Like, didn't they start reading it? Ah, so yeah, they're up there reading the Bible, and then uh, they they watch God's punishment of the uh, the Buddhists. Or yeah, whatever. the heathen. Yeah. The heathen. <laughs> what does uh, what does the serene Buddhist say about uh, God's wrath now? Take that. <laughs> Um, oh, we got sidetracked. Should we get to the meat of the of the episode? You mean because uh, as we know, there is only one. Th- we we touched on the Winter Olympics. No one cares about the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Uh, there's not really any sprouts because nobody cares about basketball. Oh, I do have one sprouting uh, event that I participated in that I'd like to, like to like to mention. Is it is it is it ski ball? No, it's uh, uh, it's uh, shooting. Gun. Okay. What do they call it? Gun. Gun target. Target shooting. Yes. Anyway, I went out to my brother's. I uh, went down to North Carolina to my uh, visit my brother. I went to his uh, his gun club, and uh, and squeezed off a few rounds. Uh, blew up a few clips, a few magazines. <laughs> squeezed off. Squeezed off. I I, uh, I choked off a few logs, <laughs> and then uh, I blew up some targets with his handguns. It was awesome. Nice. I'd never fired a handgun before, so now I've gotten all. I fired a I fired a rifle. Fired a shotgun, and now I fired a pistol. Well, and of course, um, the uh, the uh, the handgun is the most sporting of the guns. Yeah, it's not literally firing a cloud of bullets. Right, you have to aim. You have to be up close and personal. I think we're only... you don't have the benefit of rifling technology. I mean, it's it's really all in the, the hand eye coordination. Yeah, it's also a lot of kickback. So. Like you don't have, you can't just like put the butt of the gun in your shoulder and have your full weight. You have to hold it with your uh, with your arms. Luckily, mine are right. extremely muscular, so I was able to, to tame the forty five that I that I fired. But they they're loud as shit. They blow massive holes in the targets, and uh, there's a good amount of recoil. But otherwise, uh, it was a fun, successful trip. The only thing that was bad about the trip, and I got to see you know niece and nephew do the whole family visit. But uh, the day before I went out, uh, Bob and Edith's, my, the favorite diner, gave me uh, a case of food poisoning. 
Oh, what'd you order there? I think it was an omelet. I don't know. It was right in the middle of a snowstorm, so I didn't go to work that day. So at lunch, I was like, well, let's go to Bob and Edith's and see if they're open. And uh, they, you know, 12 hours later, uh, I was I was awake. I guess it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like I'm happy, and then but then it's got a drawback to living alone. Like the good thing is when the food poisoning hits, there's no one else around to see how pathetic and disgusting the whole thing is. But I don't know when the last time you had food poisoning was, but uh, it's been a, it's been years. So both, it was a Chipotle incident for me. Yeah, both ends violently erupt. Yes, um, and it's like holding a basket while you're. Just, just a torrential downpour out of your butt, and uh, it's it's disgusting. And then you're left so weak and depleted afterwards that you're just kind of like sitting there, surrounded by effluent. How long did this last for you? It was it was like three trips to the bathroom over the course of the night, like after midnight. It was like I started to feel like a little queasy. I'm like, oh, maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't eat in that you know last uh, thing for dinner or whatever it was. And then I got up in the middle of the night and was like, this isn't good. And then it was just uh, bad news bears, man. Just just a, you know, like, like your stomach's being folded like an accordion up and it's just, ugh. yeah. And then there was all the food. The good news is I think it helped me get down a little bit in weight because it basically makes you go two days without eating any food. And that's what matters, being in shape for carnival. So basically I should drop a bunch of botulism in, in all of my cornflakes every morning. Yeah. Because it gets rid of all the food from the, the day of the, of the previous day. And then that next day, I, even though I had to fly down to North Carolina, I ate like a piece of toast all day. Yeah. Well, you were probably like, uh, man, I really see – the bulimics really have a point with this thing. You know – you think about it, and you're like, how could anyone do that to themselves? And you're like, well, I have shed a few pounds this week. It's, I've <laughs> never looked trimmer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was an exciting time. I mean, that was that was as disgusting as it gets. So uh, all, hopefully everyone's listening to this while they're in the middle of a nice meal. Maybe you got a Chipotle of their own, about to dig into a burrito. But just think, you may be seeing that burrito again. <laughs> well, at the time, I was like, I'm never going to eat Chipotle again. <laughs> then I got Chipotle like three weeks later. Yeah. Well, it was like, it took me two days. So the most. Of the whole... And then you'll be like, oh, I'm so hungry, but I don't want to go to Bob and Edith's. And then you'll be like, oh, it's right there, though. Yeah. I'll try. I just won't get the Western omelet anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what it's going to be like. Because, yeah, for, for the first couple of days, I couldn't eat anything. But then I got like hungry again. And then like today, I was walking by uh, the, down Columbia Pike. I was like, ooh, Bob and Edith, I could get a giant stack of pancakes smothered in butter and syrup. And then I was like, oh, but that's, but what about what happened last time? So it's like I'm, I'm going back and forth, but pretty soon I'll forget all about the, the horrible time I had. Well, clearly, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah. Which is good for Bob and Edith, because why should they be held accountable for the food poisoning that they gave me? Agreed, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like they did it on purpose. It'd be the worst, uh, you know, marketing campaign in the world. Buy food from us and, uh, and and come close to death. Yeah. You know what it did make me think, though? Even though it's kind of a weird uh, tangent, maybe. But uh, you know how in, like, Bangladesh or in, like, real poor countries, they don't have access to, like, open to, like, good, clean water? Yeah. Uh, like, live in slums and whatnot. And, uh, like, dysentery is still, like, a big problem in all these, like, you know, developing and third world countries. And dysentery just means, like, you shit yourself to death. And that was kind of, like... Uh, like I got a little taste of that with the food poisoning, but then I was fine. And then it was back to, you know, I can drink the tap water and everything and rehydrate however I needed to. Uh, but they can't because the more water they drink is just more shitty water. And then like children have like dysentery and die. And uh, it just kind of like drives the point home of like, uh, you know, when we're making all these like grand gestures about what's good for the environment and what's good for all this stuff, you know, sometimes doing what's good for the environment means there's less money to help these slums out and then more kids get dysentery and die. So it's almost like let's raise the global temperature two degrees and stop dysentery so that these kids stop shitting themselves to death literally and then we'll figure out how to fix the weather again. It's kind of what it makes me think. I mean, obviously you want to do both, stop dysentery and not, you know, cause global warming or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if we have to flood Venice and maybe a couple islands in the Pacific... Eh, just to have you know economic yeah, I think we'll progress. Be okay. Yeah, 
we'll we'll fig- we'll figure that out uh, afterwards. But in the meantime, there's there's just look up dysentery on Wikipedia. It's the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, please. I played Oregon Trail. I know. I'm well aware. <laughs> Claim many people. I've dealt with these hardships firsthand. I know. What... I remember. I remember traveling through Chimney Rock and seeing the tombstone for uh, for Fartface. <laughs> Fart face who died of dysentery, very sadly. Ah, that's good that uh, our senses of humor have evolved so much since second grade. <laughs> All right, Spade, let's get to the meat. Let's get to uh, let's get to to current television. Let's get to the only, which of course there is only one show. There's only one show that matters right now. Uh, well, because Justified was off this week. That's true, but let's if you don't want to stack them up, do you? Well, I mean, I guess we could talk about House of Cards. I don't know if you're watching season two yet. I, I, there's no, I'm never going to watch House of Cards. I heard, okay. All right. I heard Spacey had a gay thing with some guy. That was in the first season. Spencer. Oh, excuse me. Anyway, Kate Mara looks pretty cute, but, uh, I will not watch a show about politicians doing anything besides making themselves look like giant jackasses because there's no way anything, they do anything seriously or they're just retarded egomaniac children that are just the puppets of special interest. So I, I don't want to watch politics as a show. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch something, Spay. It's not, you know, I've been home all day. I've, I've got to stay busy. I will rewatch Sopranos for the 50th time before I watch House of Cards. <laughs> um, all right, well, then let's talk about the only show, then. The show that is the show of shows, the king of all shows, the yellow king of shows. It's a little show about a young girl named Trudy whose last name is Tective. Oh, Christ, you used this joke two weeks in a row, Spade. And she's here to solve and, and all over the And all over the tweeter. Her name is Trudy, her last name is Tective. She's here to solve your crimes. <laughs> True Detective. That's the, theme, that's the theme song they should go for. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw he posted the lyrics on, on, uh, on the tweeter. Her name is Trudy, last name is Tective. It's a good one. It is a, it's a great one. <laughs> but So, we talked about it last week, where, of course, there was the awesome scene uh, in the projects. Oh, yeah, getting uh, with, with Ginger. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I hope this isn't the last we've seen of Ginger. Spoiler. I agree. I like Ginger. So you've seen episode four, where you're waiting on... I'm fully caught up. You're episode five, so we're waiting on episode six, which happens, which happens uh, tomorrow. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw the totally awesome episode this week, uh... We saw some flash uh, forward to 2002. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, just the uh, the raid of the uh, the house was awesome. Oh yeah, and then, then explaining uh, to you know, I explained it the same way I explained it in Mississippi, the same way I went all the way from Texas to uh, wherever, because it only happened the one way. Yeah. Woody Harrelson, it's so hard to pick who does a better job, Woody Harrelson or Matthew McConaughey, because they're both so fucking awesome. Well, yeah, um, it is hard. The um, um, the scene where they're uh, like running from like their hiding place up to the house, but uh, it has the voiceover from the uh, from the law enforcement panel. Right, with the new guys, the two. Uh... Yeah, where he's like, you could hear the high caliber ammo hitting through, you know, like flipping through the um, through the reeds or whatever whap, whap, leaves. Whap, whap. Yeah. That reminds me, I need to go get a Lone Star because nothing makes me want to drink and smoke cigarettes more than watching Rust Cole just <laughs> go through his thing. But I'm listening. I'm talking. Do you have a Lone Star in your fridge? No, I don't actually have Lone Star, but I'll have a, uh, I'll have a victory. Golden yes, and a nice craft beer. A nice craft beer. Craft Beer Andy's here, but he's Craft Beer Andy is taking it super easy because Craft Beer Andy has... Nine, eight days of, uh, of all-out carnival style. Huh, what a baby. <laughs> Why are you being such a baby? Well, here's the thing that you may not even know, and I don't know if you know this, Keen, but uh, Trinidad and Tobago are two separate islands. <laughs> I'll be going to both of them, no big deal. <laughs> and uh, I don't You'll, know you'll be char- you know, chartering a yacht. Well, we, we'll be taking a flight. Going across the channel. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they call it the channel. That's what they call it. I'll be taking a plane, you know, flying through the air, defying gravity. No big deal. Yeah, literally sitting in a chair that's flying through the air at 500 miles an hour. You know, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Traversing the globe. 
And uh, yeah, we're going to go to Carnival. And I don't know if you know this, but Carnival is French. It means farewell to the flesh. <laughs> and uh, and then on Tuesday, which is where, I don't know if you know this, but New Orleans Mardi Gras, that's also, that's that's the same tradition where Carnival comes from. I did not know that. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah, it's big. Big Catholic. Uh, let's mix it in with some big. You know, I might be uh, practicing some Santeria. No big deal. We'll see. <laughs> and uh, we'll have the big the parade float, which uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually uh, going to be in it. I'll have a costume. No big deal. Of course, NBD. NBD. What ha- and then same with Wild Bill. And then Wild Bill is going to be there. Two of the whitest guys in the island. I'm imagining. Two girls on. Two girls on on you. One on each arm. Oh, babes, babes akimbo. Probably one on your shoulders, also. Babes on either arm and on my shoulders. No big. Hey, no big deal. Yeah. And then, uh, and then everyone, everyone. I don't know if you know this, but most of the island of Trinidad then hangs out in Tobago, where they chill out. It's a much more low-key island. Most of the population is in Trinidad. It's a more developed island. Tobago, much more relaxed. And we'll be chilling out for a few days on Tobago. Maybe take out the catamaran. We'll see. Hmm. Wow. Got a whole week of festivities. This is how kings live, Spay. Kings or junior executives? <laughs> when are you getting a promotion up to a middle middle executive? Well, look, you don't just you don't just jump the ladder. It's called a ladder for a reason. You climb it very slowly with the weight of a thousand paper desk cubicles on your back. That is true. Yeah, I'm climbing it. It's like that scene. I don't know if you remember the scene from Alien Resurrection, but remember when? <laughs> The guy, the little guy was in, like, the big black guy, the midget guy was in the big black guy's backpack, like he was uh, C-3PO and the other guy was Chewbacca. Uh, no, I never saw, uh, never saw this. All right, well, it's a great movie. I'll continue with my story. And then, at <laughs> one point, they're uh, climbing up a ladder to get away from some aliens that are trying to eat them or they're dissolve them with their alien blood or whatever. And uh, at one point, it becomes the midget guy grabbing the alien, grabbing the, the ladder, and then the big black guy, that's, he's that's supposed to be carrying the little guy is now being dragged down uh, because an alien's grabbing his ankle. So uh, I forget how it actually ends, but that's what climbing the corporate ladder is like. It's like being that little guy with a giant black guy on your back climbing the ladder. <laughs> I mean, a guy could be any color. I'm just saying that because that was the way it was in the movie. It's like having an enormous dude strapped to your back and you have tiny little T-Rex arms because you're a little person and you're trying to climb a ladder. That's... Basically, what <laughs> so I'm at the junior executive level. I don't want you to think I've plateaued. There's plenty of room for exa- uh, advancement. Yeah, no glass ceiling. I haven't hit it. If I hit a glass ceiling, guess what? I'm, I'm going to break through that motherfucker. Oh Fuck yeah, sledgehammer with me. I'm going right through all the way to the top. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with the great glass elevator. Go all the way through up into space. That's what I'm doing. Anyway, yeah, True Detective, good show. <laughs> uh, so. Question. So we uh, obviously we regularly critique uh, the terrible writers on Warming Glow. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they're getting a little too into it? Uh, you know, like interviewing uh, the actor that played Reggie Ledoux, trying to get uh, hints, uh, analyzing every tattoo on his body, oh. uh, reading literature so that they could su- figure out the Yellow King thing. Oh yeah. They... Uh, you think they're reading a little too into it, or you think the the writers are really that uh, involved? Well, it's just the one writer, mind you. It's uh, one guy wrote the whole thing. He basically wrote eight episodes as if it was like a, you know, eight-hour movie. Right. <clears throat> and then um, he did put in all these literary allusions. The question is how how much they will have to do with the plot and how much they're just there because that's what he read and he thinks it's really awesome. Right. Uh, I think Warming Glow is fucking it up because it all goes back to terrible Dustin Rouse thinking that like he actually influenced like um, uh, what's that Mad Men? Yeah, because he's like, oh, that shirt was the same shirt that was worn in some '60s music that then Helter Skelter or something, and he came up with a conspiracy theory, and he never actually had any actual correlation to anything in the show. He just created this whole thing in his mind, and then right. when he wanted to be like. As we've seen, that this could be a relation to this, and then he would link to an old article that he also wrote. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> God damn it, it, it doesn't mean anything. You're just being a fucking douchebag. Like, basically, it sounds like a dude smoked too much weed and then watched an episode of Mad Men and then came up with a bunch of terrible ideas. Right. And now I think they want to do that. They think that would make 
I'm sure nothing would make their day more than if they were the guys that called that this is the way the plot twist because we recognize some tiny little Easter egg. Like no writer would do that because that would just ruin the whole point of doing of writing something interesting is to fi- it's not a treasure map, it's not a fucking puzzle. Right. I, I don't think the expectation when people set out to make a show is to have people uh pause the show, take pictures of the screen and then analyze it. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, like go back and read the literature that's referenced. Right. I just think he's taking it a little too far. Yeah, it, it basically takes the fun out of it. And uh, I did read one. And then plus, we already don't like Warm and Glow, so when they do it, it makes us extra mad. Yeah. I was actually listening to uh, Film Drunk broadcast, and uh, yeah. they actually mentioned that how it's like this one guy's like, I don't like hearing other people talk about it <laughs> because I want True Detective to be my thing. And then when they talk about it it makes it sound like any other asshole it's like he doesn't want it to become the new breaking bad or something he wants it to just be his thing right you know he's saying that kind of facetiously but it I, you do get that like if just uh, it's like uh in middle school when when green day got real popular and you were like no now green day sucks yeah exactly <laughs> or uh when ska got really po- oh wait it never did because ska's terrible oh when the mighty mighty butt tones like blew up and they suck to begin with, and you're like, well, now all the shitty people like the Mighty Mighty Boston's like I thought they would because the Mighty Mighty Boston's do indeed fucking suck shit. Man, they were awesome. They are awesome. Present tense. <laughs> did you ever see them live? I did see them live. How many times? Uh, twice. Was it a bunch of people? Twice. I had a third one. Blair got me some for my uh, tickets to my birthday for at uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion. Oh, fun. But uh, they... Um, I had to go to Denver that day, so I had to sell the tickets. Oh, thanks a lot, Denver. I know. Uh, did you did you have to return your uh, plaid zoot suit? Um, yeah, plaid zoot suit with skate shoes. Of course. Black black shirt underneath and a silver tie. Yeah, a chain connecting from your wallet to uh, your pocket or whatever. Yeah, you know, so no one pickpockets you. Yeah, perfect. They can only get three feet away. <laughs> <laughs> then then they'll be. Uh, then it'll rubber band them back together like some sort of uh, slapstick uh, Three Stooges show. Yeah, I mean, it's been really great that... Because uh, they say that your taste in music gets locked in at some point during your teen years. That's correct. And you, you kind of have that for the rest of your life. Like, I mean, you'll still appreciate some other music. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, I mean, really, that's what you really like. Yeah. So it's really great that I'm cursed with starting to like music, I guess, at the, <laughs> at the point that a fad genre... That was out for like nine months. Yeah, just another SoCali fad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it could be worse. You could be listening to like Third Eye Blind still. Oh. <laughs> oh well, look, I'll give you some. I'll cut you some slack there. I got really into a couple Third Eye Blind songs. I think we covered this. Who didn't? Good workout music. Who didn't like Semi Charmed Life? I'll never let you turn around. You back on each other. Everyone loves that one. Who doesn't? Uh, so, True Detective, at the end of episode five, we're kind of left with um, a, a uh, kind of two, two ways that... Right, a, cl- a real cliffhanger. Yeah, well, every, yeah, they've been really good at building every cliffhanger. I feel like there's two ways, though. There's the way that the, the show's obviously, you know, the two uh, current-day Louisiana detectives are like, oh, Russ Cole did it. Which they've been hitting at for a while, and then it became kind of mm-hmm. obvious now that, you know, they brought both guys in there to question them because they think Russ Cole went off the grid, and now these murders kept going. So it's like, well, he was the one that did it in the first place, and all that other stuff. So it, it wouldn't really make too much sense for him to actually have been that guy. I mean, they they could do it that way, but I'd be pretty shocked. Right. Uh, and then the other thing is, it's that uh, that religious church that had the revival tent church going yes now i was almost a little disappointed though because that seems kind of obvious now if you if you've been following you know if you've been watching every episode i have been watching i did not read all of the warming glow over analyses yeah well don't read that there was an article on io9 that i recommend but then i would stop there because that's all you really need yeah i don't read that either well yeah you know my you know my feelings on reading space (laughs) Don't do it. You know how I feel about math and words. Yeah. I mean, I'm really hoping to pass those philosophies on to my child. Well, the best thing you can do is just give them some, some uh, rush to listen to. 
and just sit him in a room, maybe with some crayons or something, and then just hope for the best in 12 years. Yeah, I mean, I've been filling her in on the importance of Canadian prog rock. Do you think she'll turn out like um, Marty Hart's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that when I watched that when I watched that episode. Two dudes, they were in there together, and then Marty's like, "As in fucking." <laughs> <laughs> She's got her lipstick smeared all over her face. Pretty yeah. Close. What Marty should have been was like, "Well, maybe if you grow a decent." decent set on you like that uh that court stenographer then then you could really have something yeah then you're set for life then you could get some drunk cop to show up with some handcuffs uh but do you do you think uh do you think it's the church though i mean it it, it they're pointing... i think it's i mean it's more likely the church than it is russ cole right it, it can't really be russ cole but because he's yeah and now that means though so I'm kind of thinking, I know people don't want to hear theories because they think even hearing theories is spoiling it, but tough shit. So it's basically like uh, Rust went off the grid. Cause that, so he did the interrogation in 2002, and when the guy brought up Yellow King, like the guy, and then he killed himself in the cell after he got a phone call from his quote-unquote lawyer. So it's almost like, oh, they're too powerful. They're going to they're gonna get him somehow. Or, you know, that they somehow... Do you think that preacher is that powerful? Like, it seems more likely that it's going to be someone in the government. Mm. Like, the ones who set up the... Because, uh, like, that, that governor force. or whoever that came in to that set up the uh, anti-Christian task force. Right, that wanted to take over unless they could get a lead on somebody. Right. Right, which would somehow... But that I, I assume they would be connected, that revivalist church guy and the governor so it's like the revivalist church is like how you get the stupid you know the the peasants the people on the you know the grassroots guys and then you have them go up to the places of power like the lieutenant governor or another governor's brother or whatever police chief or whoever and uh they let them continue doing these satanic rituals even under the guise of uh, god-fearing church folk right but that would be a little too pedestrian for me, what's interesting about if you look at not the spastic articles of digging too deep and trying to analyze the tattoos when you know at a certain point you have to just accept the facts that there's a you know a, a costume designer and like a you know an art director or whatever, and then they only have so much time to put fucking tattoos on, and not every single one is fraught with uh, an encyclopedia of you know backstory to it. It's just they looked up right. they looked up Aryan Brotherhood tattoos and they gave him some. Well, and at this point, there's not really enough. I mean, how many episodes are left? Three? Uh, six, seven, and eight, yeah. So, I mean, there's not really that much time to flesh out, like, a government conspiracy story. Right. Well, So, I mean, it probably is the preacher. But... If we were betting, I mean, I think we'd all bet on the preacher. Oh, I would bet... So, the interesting thing about the Yellow King and all that stuff is it's... So, the references are... And the references... References... Jesus Christ, two beers. Is... um. A play within a play from this like 19th century uh, gothic literature type thing where this guy is doing all these short stories and peppered in there is everyone uh, talks about this, uh, uh, you know, this play about the Yellow King. And in these short stories, he writes, anyone who reads this play goes insane. So it's kind of like The Ring, except, uh, you know, back in the day before they had fucking VHS. So. What so you know? Is there a supernatural element? Are they going to start bringing up? And then apparently this thing was referenced a lot by um, who's the fucking guy that invented Cthulhu and the Elder Gods and the... I don't know. Uh, fuck. What's Cthulhu? H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. You never heard of H.P. Lovecraft? No. Not a very good. Nerd. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. Not a very good nerd. Keen. Cthulhu is a giant squid-like monster that supposedly lives underneath uh, the uh, Ar- uh, Antarctica or the Arctic circle and uh will emerge at some point and devour the earth or some shit like that okay yeah so the question is is this part of a greater conspiracy that involves the elder gods and you know a real you know earth shattering cosmic uh death and destruction or is it just your run-of-the-mill crazy fucking assholes that want to rape and kill some local louisiana sluts and that's kind of where it could go either way because what he's referencing is stuff that goes, you know, much more sci-fi than it does just straight up detective story. Right. So. 
I don't know if the audience knows this, but you spent time in New Orleans, so I mean, you're an authority. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I've been to Pat O'Brien's bar, drank a fucking <laughs> hand grenade, no big deal. <laughs> have you ever been in New Orleans, Keen? I have for Juju's wedding. Yeah. Oh, but you were. Uh, how high brow was that? Or did you have? Did you, were you able to spend time on Bourbon Street? Yeah, we were on Bourbon Street. The whole thing was in the French Quarter. Ah, the French. I mean, obviously, we were, we were dining at the finest of restaurants. It being a Juju wedding, but. Uh, uh, you know, we hit some of the bars. I did go to Pat O'Brien's, I think, at 4 a.m. Yeah. The French Quarter, as they say in New Orleans, the French Quarter. <laughs> that, that's exactly how they were saying it. That's how they say. Did you go to the Hustler Club at all? I did not. Did you go to any strip clubs while you were there? I did not. Well, that's good, because you wouldn't want to impart any of those values on your young, impressionable daughter. Yes, my impressionable daughter. I have a daughter now, Bay. I have a daughter. Um... Yeah, New Orleans is pretty good, though, because it's basically like uh, if you invented an adult, like, Disney World for fraternity life, it would look like New Orleans. Yes. Like, all the, like, the old French colonial or Spanish colonial facades and the the fact that it hasn't, you know, that it's all super old, it looks kind of fake. It looks like, you know. Yeah, it looks like um, at Disneyland or Disney World, they'll make, like. The Wild West Land or something. Right. And then you walk in and, oh, old-timey saloon, here, here, partner, have a root beer. Yeah, like, they'll even have you go through, like, those swinging double doors. Mm-hmm. They'll even give you fucking spurs to wear so you can jangle in and, and saddle up to the bar and order a whiskey. Yeah. Uh, but instead, it's like, no, this is real, and you can walk over to the corner there where some guy rents a little booth where he fills up your 64-ounce mug with beer from a cooler that he has. And it costs right. you $3. <laughs> and then you can just walk around outside while a bunch of freaks with like their tits hanging out and paint all over them and uh whatever are just walking around for your amusement and maybe give them a dollar so you know they can go get drunk on four loco yeah it's a real shangri-la i mean i can really see why people like jude are so proud of their town <laughs> well jude's lived in metairie which is where the uh, yes yeah, an up- upscale suburb yeah it's uptown and it's where all the uh, the town elders in the, uh, the 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 upper crust of the New Orleans community, the the debutante crowd. <clears throat> Ooh. Well, I mean, we would expect nothing less of the Juju's. That was a good smooth uh, victory. That was very smooth. Good victory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. Uh, that's and then they, they they you know they make sure that. Everything stays nice there, and then people that are in the lower ninth ward, it's like, well, you know, what, I, I don't know why you choose to live there, but why don't you just, you know, better your lives and move out? Right. And that way, you won't be below sea level. Hint, hint. <laughs> Maybe a good idea. Maybe. Maybe. So, um, next episode of True Detective, which comes on in uh, twenty-eight hours. No, no twenty. Six hours. Twenty-six. Hours. Yeah, twenty-six hours. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll? See... Well, earlier for me, actually, twenty-three hours for me, because I can get the East Coast feed. Well, you mean you can download someone who? Uh, yeah. A file yes. that someone. That's what I was. Tr- that's what I was trying to say. Do you want my HBO password so you can stop breaking the law? HBO. Um. Nah, not really. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, you know, breaking the law, it's a little tacky, but hmm, if it works. I'm no, I'm, no, I'm no stranger to it, Spain. Yeah, stealing works for you, then go ahead. Uh, if any of your yeah. neighbors, you know, want anything in your garage, maybe they'll just, you know, come and <laughs> borrow it, take your car, whatever. You know, that's fine. We're a friendly place, Bay. Happens anyways. Terracotta for everyone. Yeah. Mm. So do you think... I feel like Marty's kids are going to have to get involved because we haven't actually figured out what this split in 2002 is. Yeah, like I mean, it, w- it would be pretty hack, though, if it was something like Marty's daughter got kidnapped. I feel like that's what they're hinting at because for a couple episodes, she had the drawings where she drew all those dongs. She be a good. She might be a good contributor to Padre's Jagoff. At some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually haven't drawn a dong yet, though, this year. This year? You drew the... Uh, I actually... 
You drew the Jizzomatic. Uh, I did, yeah, I did the Jizzomatic. Never mind. <laughs> Forgot about that one. <laughs> I mean, my last Yasiel Puig one, though, it didn't involve drawing a dong. I, I actually imagined a different route to take. Oh, with all the peeing, he peed. No, no, no. He had a giant, uh, an oversized novelty glove, and I said, throw me the huge jar of semen because I have this huge glove. Oh, so he needs a jar of semen. So what you're implying is that someone else in the Dodgers uh, uh, squirted a ton of semen into a giant jar, and then they were going to throw that to UCL Puig, who was going to catch it in a giant mitt. And that's the only reason you had Pretty an oversized precisely. novelty yeah. mitt. Well, that's good, because there's no other way to transport giant uh, jars of semen than by chucking them to someone who happens to be having holding an uh, oversized novelty mitt. Right, across the... Across the uh... Across the clubhouse. Yeah. See, it's funny because it's uh, bigger than a regular size mitt. <laughs> it's a funny mitt. <laughs> uh, I see you. Well, we hit the hour. You see, you've written your name as Turd Ferguson. <laughs> That's right. It's a funny name. Now, why can't they just make more of those? Saturday Night Live wouldn't be so terrible. Why can't Norm Macdonald? Why can't they understand? Why can't Lauren Michaels understand? They they hit on something great, so keep it up. I don't know. That was like 15 years ago at this point. Well, it's not like they're producing anything better. Yeah, I don't... I don't. I, I mean, unless they bring back MacGruber. Ooh, that's a good idea. You know, Will Forte, I mean, he's been a good... You know, Seth Meyers is a big zilch, obviously. Yeah. What about didn't that guy, uh, speaking of people at WNL that I actually remembered, uh, Josh uh, Patterson? Josh Patton. Patton, damn it. He is a writer. <laughs> speaking of people I know very well, this guy's name, <laughs> whose last name I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Is he still? Yeah. Hey, remember that guy we ran into at Doctor Dreamos one time? Of course. And talked to literally almost never at school. A couple times. A couple times. He was friends with Hoover yeah. and the other Spees. He was. Yeah. He was friends with Hoover. Yeah. Hoover and um, fuck the other guy. Who's Hoover's friend? Oh, I don't know. Mike. Highly. Probably Mike. Hey, you know how um, you know how you and Harkis used to listen to Corolla all the time and, and do your yes. inside jokes. Uh, they've had Def Frackai on quite a bit in the last couple months. Have they? They brought him back? Oh, he's been back a lot in the last couple months. Oh, that's incredible. How's he been? Does he still fire the potato gun? Uh, all balls. All balls. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> a well-placed hell yeah is, is the thing that makes Def Frackai the best. That is awesome. They'd be like, well, Def Frackai, something, something. Well, you know, like uh, putting a tampon of soaked vodka up into your vagina. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but our good our good friend Josh Patton, he should be uh, writing something better now that Seth, shitty Seth Meyers is no longer the head writer. Agreed. Maybe he'll be the head writer, and then he'll unless unless he did something like leave with Seth Meyer to write for. Oh the, uh, yeah, H- get a better paying gig. Yeah. Ugh. Never know. Ugh. Those. Uh, you should. Uh, well, they don't hire writers. I was gonna say. Um, you should work for uh, of the late late shows. I like Craig Ferguson, but I only like the the only reason he's good is because he doesn't have like writers and all that other stuff. But yeah, he has like two writers, and one of them does the voice of Jeff the uh, skeleton, and then he just makes everything up as he goes. It's a good show. That is true. Yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> it's a funny hat, bigger than a uh, regular hat. All right, Spade, let's wrap this up. I got a baby. We made it an hour. I think that was uh, that's good. All right, that's good. Well, don't forget. Well, I mean, we covered True Detective. I think we're going to have big things to talk about after the next episode. Uh, they'll do this reveal. Actually, we'll have two episodes of True Detective to watch or to, to discuss because you'll be in Carnival. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to be able to watch. Fuck, I get back from Carnival. I get back. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm flying back from Trinidad and Tobago on an airplane. And I get back like Sunday at like midnight, and I'll be two episodes behind unless I can somehow get HBO Go on my phone. In- what, and you're not immediately going to watch it? Yeah, then I'll have to stay up till 2 and then go to, yeah, work, whatever. go to work the next day. I might just stay in fucking Trinidad. Fuck it. I don't know if you can watch it down there because it uses the IP address. It uh, uses HBO Go and I'll fucking watch it. Yeah, but it, it uses your IP, so it won't let you. Won't let you. It uses my IP freely? No way. Look, all I got to say is I pay for HBO Go. I'm going to watch the next two True Detectives, and I'm going to do it in Trinidad, and I'm not coming back because there's nothing here waiting for me. There's this fucking shitty apartment. I don't give a fuck. I'm staying. Yeah, I don't, take that. I don't need to see the focus again. You know, Office Space was on one of my many premium channels because I live a premium lifestyle. <laughs> and I was thinking Peter's life is 
very, very similar to mine right now, except his apartment is much neater and his office cubicle is much more well-organized. And I don't know if that's depressing or funny. It's a little funny, Spay. Yeah. I also don't go to tchotchkes. There's no tchotchkes around me. I wish we had tchotchkes. So I can't pick up a young Aunt Jennifer Aniston at tchotchkes. I might try that. I mean, though. that's really living the life. I was at Marshall's today buying some pants. No, some <laughs> shirts. I bought some shirts at Marshall's. I bought some pants at Old Navy. And I did, I did think about uh, chatting up some hot sliz. How'd that work out? I didn't talk to any sliz. Okay. I said it was a target-rich environment on Twitter, but I was lying. It was not. <laughs> it was the opposite of a target-rich environment. That's too bad, Spin. Yeah. All right, well, I have a new uh, outro song in honor of uh, Sophie. Oh, great. In honor of our newest, uh, newest uh, member of the Pals Club. Uh, so don't forget to go to at Pals Podcast to Twitter. Don't forget to go to at Padres Jagoff. J- yes. J-O- it's really taking the world by storm. I had a I had a, a post that received sixty hits last week. Oh, sixty hits, nice. Sixty hits, yeah. J A G O F F. Not how I would spell it, but that's the way Padres Jagoff spell it. Well, what are you gonna do? Spell it. Spells it. Uh, and I'm gonna have maybe one more victory pilsner, and then I'm probably gonna be, yeah. I'm gonna be knocked out. <laughs> I mean, it is seven ten over there. It's two beers. It's seven oh eight. I have like you know maybe six episodes of Sopranos I can watch. And I have some comic books to read, so yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. Man, that's like a king's life. <laughs> it is. It's, a, it's the life of a junior executive is what it is. Don't get it <laughs> twisted. And, uh, and don't forget to uh, wish Keen a uh, happy fatherhood now that you've joined the ranks of yes. the procreators. The breeders, if you will. Really did it, yeah. The breeders. <laughs> oh, you're a breeder. No, uh, now, the, now the gays won't respect me anymore. No, you've joined the other side. Although some gays have kids, like Vita's uh, old girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was uh, the Haas. Who was in a lesbianic uh, marriage with a baby? Yeah, it's weird. I just can't understand how Vita would turn a girl lesbian like that. <laughs> I. It makes more sense when you think about the fact that she was always a lesbian, and Vita was just kind of like a like a a placeholder. A placeholder, yeah. <laughs> the beard. Yeah. The what's a female beard called? A merkin. I don't know. Yeah, a merkin. <laughs> Uh, oh, good times we have. All right, pals. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, uh, yeah, another great episode. Another great episode. What should we call this one? I don't know. Any ideas? True Detective Part We two. used True Detective last time. <laughs> True Detective. It didn't help us at all. We received five hits. With nude True Detective? Yeah, five hits, Bay. Well, five? I mean, how are we going to get... Um... The SEO crowd? Yeah, when when we spell it True True Detective. Fine, put... Put Detective Spoilers, uh, Yellow King, Carcosa's Secret. I'll try to remember that, Spay. We'll just put all the fucking True Detective stuff in there and spell it right, and we'll get, we'll get massive hits. All right, fine. And then, and then put Better Than Warming Glow. Okay. <laughs> or whatever. I trust your judgment, Keen. Thank you. I appreciate that, Spay. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your weekend. Yes, you too. Uh, and then uh, thank you. And then we'll see all you pals uh, after after Carnival. Yes, have a fun time in Trinidad, Tobago. I'll try not to pick up too many STDs. Deal. All right. All right. Goodbye, pals. All right. Bye, pals. I know, Sophie. That's how I feel about that outro also.